the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20, on page 1552 in your Pew Bible. Mark records, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets, and they followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So we heard uh, several accounts of God calling men into holy ministry in today's readings. The Old Testament reading is the account of God calling Jonah to serve the people of Nineveh. And then the gospel account of Jesus calling four of his disciples to become fishers of men. Now the reading from Jonah is part of a much, much longer account of God working with a very reluctant prophet. When God originally called Jonah to go to Nineveh, well, Jonah ran away. You see, Israel and Assyria were bitter enemies, and Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And Jonah hated the Assyrians, and he did not want them to hear the word of God and come to faith. He didn't want to have that happen. And if the Holy Spirit worked faith in them, Jonah knew this, that God would forgive those people. That was the last thing that Jonah wanted because he hated, hated the Assyrians. So Jonah literally booked passage on a ship that would take him as far away from Nineveh as was possible in the world that he knew. 
He literally attempted to do the exact opposite of God's call. The call that he gave to him so that the people of Nineveh would die in their sins and go to hell. That's what he wanted. He was trying to thwart God. And that is how much that Jonah hated the Assyrians. And of course, God intervened. He allowed a major storm to threaten the well-being of the ship. And Jonah was so, he was so intent on avoiding the people of Nineveh that he convinced the sailors to throw him overboard into the stormy seas. Jonah knew that God was angry with him. And he thought that if he drowned in the sea, that God would no longer need to punish the ship. And sure enough, sure enough, when the sailors threw Jonah into the sea, the storm calmed, and the sailors were able to continue their journey in safety, only without Jonah. However, instead of drowning in the sea, God sent a great fish to carry Jonah back to the eastern shores of the Mediterranean. And many people know this account as the story of Jonah and the whale. But the Bible actually states that it is a giant fish that swallowed Jonah and carried Jonah back to the east. And when the fish got to the eastern shores of the Mediterranean, it vomited Jonah on to the shore. So there is Jonah. Here he is on the shore of the eastern Mediterranean. He's covered in fish vomit. And then God calls him again. Well, what is an angry prophet supposed to do? You can fight a God who can send a giant fish after you. How, how can you fight that God? And as we heard this morning, Jonah did indeed go to Nineveh in Assyria, and he preached God's judgment on them. And the Holy Spirit worked through the message that God gave to Jonah, and the people of Nineveh repented. And God forgave them. We can learn several things from Jonah. First of all, that is that God called prophets, apostles, pastors, and teachers. And he called those people that are sinners just like everyone else. And second of all, we, we can know this, that the most hateful thing a servant of God can do is keep God's word to himself. Jonah hated the Assyrians. And so he determined not to share God's message with them. And finally, we learn this, that God's message is a blessing to us even if the messenger is not. The message of God 
That message of God was a blessing of forgiveness, even coming from the hateful mouth of Jonah. And just as he had called Jonah to proclaim his message to Nineveh, Jesus also called four men to witness the saving work of his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his resurrection from the dead. And not only were these men called to witness this work, but they were also called to proclaim this work to the world. And as Jesus preached, he also called disciples to follow him. We read and read in Mark 1, 16 through 20, passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, they, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you to become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on a little further, he saw that James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, they were mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants. And they followed him. Now these four men and the others that Jesus chose well, they were not full of hatred like Jonah, but they all had their weaknesses. As we follow Jesus in his ministry, we will see these men fail again and again. And Jesus will teach them, but they will often fail to understand what Jesus has said. And while Jesus will proclaim the kingdom of God, these guys, they will they will often argue among themselves about who of them is the greatest. They will walk with, they will eat with, and hear God in the flesh, but they will focus on their own concerns instead. And even so, even with all that self-absorbed personality we witness, they will be the ones who proclaimed God's kingdom after Jesus ascended to the Father. And once again, we learn that God's called prophets, God's called apostles and pastors and teachers are sinners, just like everyone else. And in fact, it sometimes seems as though God goes out of his ways to choose the most unlikely candidates to proclaim his message. We read in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9, Paul, as the Lord said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is the message, not the messenger, who is important. And it is, as Martin Luther said, after the Reformation got underway, he said, Martin said of himself, I did nothing. The Word did everything. Nothing has really changed over the centuries. God still calls the most unlikely men 
to proclaim his kingdom. How can God take sinful, wounded men and make them the bearers of eternal life? How? Well, here's the thing. Think of this. If he created a special kind of person for ministry, could you relate to your pastor? Could your pastor relate to you? Look, we share a life of ups and downs, questions, a life of doubts. We share a life of fears, and it's true, right? Don't we? It is a life of sin that we share. But we share something greater than those things. We share together the message of eternal life. Do you remember what Jesus proclaimed at the beginning of the gospel reading today? He said this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The fulfill, fulfillment of things was right there present in him. In this one man came the kingdom of God. Not distant and unapproachable, but crashing in on them and on us. Here was God himself who became a man. Here was God who bore all, all of our human woes and fears and pain. Have you been crushed? Have you been crushed with guilt, with pain, or with sorrow? Well, look to Jesus, because he knows he knows you, and he bears it with you, and he bears it for you. And this is why he gives his people pastors. When God seems distance, distant, here's a man who shares your humanity, and he speaks for the one who has redeemed the world, including you. Here's the man who stands in the place of Jesus, bringing the ear of Christ in confession and the heart of Christ in absolution. Do you fear death? Look to Jesus. He has already been there, and he has some great news for you. He is the one who has entered death, even death on the cross, and he has borne all the guilt of sin for you and every other sinner by shedding his holy and innocent blood in your place. And yet death could not hold him. On Easter morning he rose, destroying the power of sin, death, and hell. And this he proclaimed to you when a pastor a pastor, a fisher of men, poured water upon you in his name, and you became one with Jesus in Jesus' death and in his resurrection. Come to Christ's altar. We will, towards the end of the service, we come to Christ's altar where the pastor will place the very body and blood of Jesus in your hand. 
the very body and blood of Jesus given and shed for you. And here you receive a meal of forgiveness, a meal of life, a meal of hope. And this is a foretaste of the marriage feast of the Lamb. And here is the kingdom of God. It's not distant, but it's breaking into the moment, into your moment of time. So you come, you come broken, and you leave whole. You come burdened, and you leave free. Come and see and taste the kingdom of God. Now, God called Jonah. God called Jonah to minister to a congregation that Jonah hated. And in spite of the hatred that Jonah had for Nineveh, God still worked repentance in that city. And the people of Nineveh received the forgiveness of sins. And in spite of the failures of the apostles, Christ still sent them to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. And the word of the Lord grew. He actually made them into fishers of men. And God still calls sinful men into ministry today. And in spite of their shortcomings, the Christ they proclaim still forgives sins and proclaims eternal life through their mouths. And their hands still give out the body and the blood of Christ, which is given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. It is not them, but the message of Jesus that they proclaim that is important. And that message, that message is this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.